I have the privilege of uh, finishing the series with uh, books of uh, with the seven letters to the churches as we uh, went through. Um, so uh, we would be looking into the church of Laodicea um, today, and um, we started um, before we go to to Laodicea. We're going to be reflecting on. Um, some of some of the letters that uh, we went through uh, by various speakers. Uh, we started with John, who uh, brought uh, an introduction to it, um, and to he started with uh, chapter one, uh, where we uh, learn there that God understands our situations, and not only he um, he understands our our situations, but uh, he also uh, knows us. As, as people, uh, even though um, with our brokenness, God is able to restore us. Uh, that's what we learn um, as we, uh, as John introduced it, and God wants to restore us to our original design. And then uh, Nick came in um, when we look into Ephesus, and um, the main message that uh, we uh, got from Nick uh, as he looked into Ephesus is that um, God knows us, he knows our situations, and then um, God is an encourager, and God wants us to stand against everything that is wrong. And uh, in a society today where uh, political correctness is uh, sort of putting pressure for us as believers, we should love the sinners, of course, but we should hate the sin. And this is what we, um, we got from, from Nick. And then John again in Smyrna, we, uh, as we uh, read the letter to Smyrna. And um, John told us that Jesus understands our suffering. And uh, in our suffering, he come alongside of us to be with us in the um, in the suffering, and we need to align our life with God's plumb line. That's, um, and then uh, the next church was Pergamum. Uh, it was again John who challenged us uh, to think about the ungodly things that uh, make us to uh, compromise. And then um, we look into Theatira and uh, Tim. Um, brought the message that day, and uh, he indicated that uh, God is the, per- the only person who can speak truth into our lives, and we need to uh, get feedback from him as, as we live our lives, and we need to tune our ears so that God gives us feedbacks um, that we would continue to remain uh, faithful to him. And then Nick uh, spoke as we look into the letter to the church in Sardis. And it, Nick encourages us to uh, stand on the truth, the truth that we uh, learn from God, and uh, we should not fall in the mistake like the church of Sardis, that not only um, they know the truth, but they suppress the truth. And then uh, last week with Paul, um, as we uh, look into the church of Philadelphia, and Paul exhorted us to remain faithful 
even uh, we would go through difficulty, persecution. Because of our relationship with God, we should remain faithful and um, patiently endures because God rewards those who endure patiently. So those were a bit of, um, sort of some of the snapshots of the things that we've seen throughout um, uh, chapter 2 and chapter 3 uh, as we reflect on uh, the letter of Jesus to uh, the, uh, the seven churches. And um, so today we're going to be reflecting on um, the church of uh, Laodicea. So I'm going to ask Jonathan to, to come and uh, do a reading for me um, with a better English. This is uh, the word of Jesus uh, to the church of, um, of Laodicea. And uh, in the introduction, um, John has already given plenty of uh, historical background into the book of, of Revelation uh, itself. And throughout this series, um, we've seen some of the speakers bringing out uh, some of the understandings um, behind the different locations that the, the letter was um, addressed to. So I'm going to give a quick uh, feedback, a, a quick background into um, Laodicea to help us understand uh, what God is communicating to, to the church. And, but I am going to base uh, this uh, reflection on mainly uh, three words. Um, first, it is about the authenticity of the church. Uh, the reproach of Jesus to the church is that the church is lukewarm, not authentic. And then uh, the second reflection, it would be on the autonomy of the church. Um, they uh, defiled themselves, not authentic anymore, because they wanted to be autonomous from God. And then the last, the last reflection would be the authority of, of the church, who is supposed to be... Um, an instrument in God's hands and being lukewarm, they lost the authority to actually represent God. Uh, so that would be um, the three reflection that I would like uh, to suggest to you. And uh, as we look through uh, these different letters, uh, starting with, with Ephesus and then following with, with the next uh, churches, Probably the order of the church is not, um, it has nothing to do maybe with the importance of the church. It's probably because of the route that the, uh, the courier or the person who carried the letter is following us. The, uh, the cities are next to, to each other. And um, Laodicea was known um, during this time as a very wealthy um, city and very extravagant wealth. And it was in a time where Roman Empire was enjoying really time of peace and given opportunity of people to go into business and brought a lot of uh, prosperity. And uh, prosperity of Laodicea mostly was coming uh, from a textile. Um, we learned with, uh, with Nick that uh, some of the church, also, some of the city, uh, where the church were established, um, they do commerce as, as well, like wool. And uh, Laodicea also produced black wool. And that's really um, expand the, the textile industry. They also prosper because of banking system. Um, they have a very um, 
establish a banking system. We also understand that there was um, a medical school in, in Laodicea, and they produced uh, some powder, and it was used as salve to, uh, to cure the eyes and the ears. And people travel all over uh, the Roman Empire to come and buy um, this uh, medication for for the eyes. And and some of these this reality in Laodicea may be actually sounding in the message that God was uh, sending to uh, to the church. Uh, one problem with uh, with the city of Laodicea is that they didn't have enough water. Uh, especially uh, the textile industry needed a lot of water to dye the materials, and, uh, but there wasn't enough water um, in, the, in the city. So water is being piped from uh, other neighboring uh, cities so that uh, they can have some more uh, supply of, of water. Some other people think that um, the water from, uh, from Hierapolis and then coming down to, to Laodicea, originally it would be uh, cold and fresh. And then as the water travels through, through the summer and then it becomes lukewarm, uh, maybe uh, that's why uh, God or Jesus looking at to it and speaking to the church in Laodicea through the reality of, um, of the city. And uh, in the introduction of, of this uh, message, as um, Jonathan read for us, we see Jesus, he introduced himself as Amen. I am the, the, the Amen. Now, for us as believers, as Christians, uh, it's a very uh, common word to us. We say it every day, Amen. And uh, in, our, in our use of it, it is an expression of faithful wish and we agree and uh, let it be so that's uh, we affirm what is communicated uh, but Jesus actually introducing himself presenting himself as I am the amen uh, we've seen Jesus also using this this word uh, quite a lot through the gospel and Jesus would be amen amen I tell you or truly truly I tell you that's, that's the, the, the expressions of Jesus using this, this word in here. But reflecting, uh, reflecting himself or presenting himself as a man, it's a sort of the certainty of this word that I'm speaking to you. These are certain words. Uh, what I am saying about you, there is no doubt about it. And because I am the amen, I, I am sort of the measure of the truth, the measure of the reality. Jesus is truth himself. And he, he introduced himself as a man in a sense that what I am about to say to you, you better really pay attention to it. And uh, John introduced all of these series by saying that God is speaking. Are we listening? And so this is the word of, of a man. And... Um, indicating that it is very important what I'm about to, to say to you, um, referring to, to Jesus. And so the first, the first reflection, as I suggest, I want to submit to you is uh, the problem of the authenticity, authenticity of, the, of the church. And Jesus says that you are neither core or hot. I would spit you out. And um, the church as a whole is 
is being established by God, by Jesus. And uh, Jesus established the church all over the world, but in this case, in, in Laodicea, for a specific purpose. And we read in, um, in 1 Peter, uh, this is what Peter says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. This is what the church is. That you may declare the praise of him who called you out of the darkness into the wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so we see here clearly in the, in the words of, uh, of Peter that the church exists for a purpose. The church a whole as a body of Christ and the church in Laodicea is part of it. It is being set apart to serve the purpose of God. But sadly, what we read in this, in this passage is that the church in Laodicea is no longer what God intended it to be. It's not hot. It's not cold. And we can go in, into a lot of interpretation at what does it mean? Is it hot or cold? But, so we can look into it as the spiritual state of the church is not what God is expecting from the church of, of Laodicea. And the church is not serving the purpose of God anymore. The church does not, does not reflect these people that are set apart to serve um, the purpose of God. And, uh, and we can think about how, how did the church actually end up being in that place? Because God himself sanctifies the church. God himself set the church apart. God himself gifted the church so that the church would um, remain spiritually dynamic to affect the society in, um, in Laodicea. But here we see that the church compromises and lost its authenticity. And so... Um, and Jesus then is, is speaking to, to the church. And we can, we can imagine that the church that is not authentic anymore, it means that the gospel within the church is no longer pure gospel. It is Jesus plus something else. And we can go into many things. And, but one of the realities that we see with the church in, in Laodicea is, is that sort of Arrogant, and you say, you say that I need nothing. This is what uh, Jesus was saying about about the church. Like I don't even need to hear from you anymore, God, because I have everything I need. So, a church that is not authentic, it is the church that is not going to offer a worship that God act, that pleases God. You know. There is no pure gospel anymore. It is gospel plus something else. Maybe gospel plus uh, humanism. Uh, gospel plus uh, many other things. And so they, left, they lost their authenticity. And so the worship in the church is not authentic anymore. The fellowship that a member of the church have with one another is not 
authentic anymore. The service that they would offer to God is not authentic anymore. And God says that I cannot bear that. It's, it's make me like I want to run to go to the toilet to spit you out. This, this is what uh, the text is, is saying here. And, um, and we see that uh, the church did probably not move from being hot to lukewarm, to lukewarm in one day. This probably has been some, some process. And if you pay attention to some of the uh, the things that we learn in, in the other letters that, um, that some of the speaker brought earlier, we, w- we would see that sometime God was speaking to them about uh, be careful. You think that you are alive, but you are dead. So there's a sort of gradual drifting from what God is communicating to church. And this is what happens to, to the church of um, Laodicea. And God has chosen them to be an authentic representation of God. But they are no longer authentic. And the challenge uh, for that to the church in, in Laodicea is a challenge to each one member of the church in Laodicea because they are the one who formed the church. So the message of God to the church in Laodicea was his message to each individual member of the church. And the question is, is each one was, would ask, am I authentic in my relationship with Jesus? And the same question would, would apply to us today. Am I authentic? When I've decided to give my life to Jesus and I feel with the presence of God, has something uh, gone wrong in my relationship in a way that when God looks at me, God feels like I want to run away to go and puke. Sounds not nice, but uh, it's spiritual reality that um, is happening um, with the church in, in Laodicea. And so as an application from uh, this reality of authenticity, is that for us today, it's rather than... Uh, letting little things drift us from being authentic with God, we should set goals in our life that every day we do things that is going to grow our love for Jesus. And this is the way that we can be prevented from drifting from Jesus. I would not want by the end of my life to love Jesus less than I did when I, I gave my life to Jesus. I want to grow into my intimacy with, with Jesus so that I am protected from becoming lukewarm. And this is what, what's happening uh, with the church in, in Laodicea. Probably they, they began to allow little things that, yeah, it's insignificant. But those little things began to, to pile up and they end up being useless to God. And away from us, for us, really to grow into our intimacy, into our relationship with God, is to set goals that every day, maybe prayer. I want, I want to pray five minutes more. 
or I want to set a goal that uh, I want to meditate more on God's nature or God's character so that I will understand him better and then to grow more closer to him. We need to set goals. And I want to, if there are things that actually distract me from concentrating of God, I want to begin to reduce those things. Is it um, internet or is it watching TV or is it, what is it that has tendency to actually take my attention from, away from God? And so set goal to begin to reduce those things in a such a way that you don't have chance to give a chance to enemies so that you don't become uh, lukewarm. The second uh, problems or reflection uh, with, um, with the church of uh, Laodicea is the autonomy. And uh, they said, this is what, what the letter says, you said, I am rich, I have acquired wealth, and do not need anything. It's, it's that sense of pride. I don't need anything. I, I have everything that, that I want. Therefore, I am independent. And so th- there was that, that sense of being so pride. And then the pride blinded them to realize that they don't even see their nakedness. They don't see that they are in need. And proud... Pride is actually a very powerful spiritual forces that can uh, cause a serious damage for us as, as believers. And um, the, name, the name of the city, Laodicea, means people ruling. That's, that's what uh, the name means. And it, it sort of reflects the attitudes of, of people in there. And it, it says that the, the, uh, the city of Laodicea was destroyed um, uh, by, by earthquake. And because it was so very wealthy, and then they refused, actually, they refused aid from uh, the Roman Empire to rebuild the city because they had enough, they were so wealthy that their pride prevented them uh, to really uh, receive any. We can do it ourselves. So there was that sense of pride that uh, really makes them to not realize that they are nothing without God. They are nothing without Jesus, becoming self-sufficient. But the church cannot be independent from Jesus. It cannot be autonomous from Jesus because Jesus is the head of the church. And without Jesus... The church is just going to be uh, individual coming together, doing their things. But the church is a spiritual entity where God's spirit is moving through. It's not simply people coming in, in, into, uh, together to, to do their things. Ephesians chapter 1 verse uh, 22 says it's better to start reading it from verse 18, but I will just read verse, uh, verse 22. And it is talking about Jesus. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all the things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all things. This is talking about Jesus, that Jesus, because of his obedience to God, God establishes Jesus as the head of the body, as the head of the church. 
And we need again to remind ourselves again and again that uh, besides Jesus, there is, there is nothing we, we can do. That's why we regularly have to remind ourselves as we take communion. The communion is not simply uh, drinking something sweet and a piece of bread. It is a very uh, profound spiritual act that reminds ourselves of the cross, that we are who we are because of Jesus. And Jesus is the head of the church. The church is not independent uh, from God. The church answers to Jesus. And so we need to be aware of uh, the power of pride that can really make us to, to lose it and lead to death. I was uh, in, in Switzerland about two weeks ago and talking to uh, Alejandro. Alejandro is the friend of, of the Pope, and so he meets with him uh, regularly. And so when I was having a chat with him, he met the Pope uh, the previous day. And, um, and this is what the Pope was, was telling him, that um, you, the evangelicals, are growing now into, into power and the, 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 uh, because the, the Catholic Church is really uh, uh, breaking, breaking apart. This, uh, the, the Pope admits it. And, um, and he says that we, as, as the Catholic Church, we have experienced a time of, of power. And, uh, but with that power, we fall into the trap of the pride that we don't know how to get out of it now. And he is saying to Alejandro that uh, you as evangelical now, you are increasing and you're growing in influence, you're growing in power. But do not make the same mistake. Do not fall in the same trap that the Catholic Church uh, fell into. And, and, and for the Pope to admit uh, these things, he knows what he's, he's, he's talking about. And so, um, and this is what one of the problems of the church in, in Laodicea is. So much pride in a such a way that uh, it became something that is not a church anymore. It's, it's a, monster, a monster. It's not hot, it's not cold. It's not a church, it's not a world. It doesn't serve the purpose of God. It's, big, it's bringing confusion. This is what the church of, of Laodicea has become. doesn't reflect the light. It's not a darkness. What is it? It is a confusion. This is not uh, what we ought to be as, as Christians, as church. We are to be the reflection of the light. It's not mixing the light and the darkness. It doesn't work that way. It's not mixing hot and, and cold. It doesn't, it doesn't be, be that way. And Jesus says that if you want to go away from me, go away from me and then enjoy your life. If you want to be for me, be for me. And so it is a matter of, of life and death by I do when it comes into, into what Jesus is, is saying. And Jesus says that if you don't change, I am going to vomit you. I'm going to spit you out. Jesus spit you out. You are dead. Right. And, um, and so there is, there is a warning in here um, 
for Jesus to, to the church of, of Laodicea. Whatever happens, uh, we should not allow ourselves to be uh, tempted uh, from disconnecting ourselves from Jesus, who is the head of, of the church. And that means we need to be aware of the areas of weaknesses in our life. This is an application. So what are the areas of weaknesses in, our, in my life where the enemy can go through, can use to bring me down? So we need to be alert. We need to be aware and then be, be proactive all the time with these areas of weaknesses in our life. No one, no one of us is free from areas of weakness. All of us, we have weaknesses. And that is why the grace of God is so important to us. What are the areas of my life that, is, that makes me be vulnerable? Am I doing the right thing to protect myself, to preserve myself from going astray from Jesus? This is... Um, an element of application that we can draw from, from this. And then the, 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 the third point here is the authority that is lost. Because of lack of authenticity and because of their desire to be autonomous from God, this lost the authority to be that which God wants them to be. I would spill you out of my mouth. You know, the church in Laodicea didn't have the anointing anymore to represent Jesus. Didn't have the, the, the anointing anymore to, uh, to bring healing, to bring restoration, to be, to be that example. And that is because it is important the church to, to remain so accomplished. Uh, so, um, complex is a French word. I don't know if you say it in, in, in English. It's uh, to be in partnership with Jesus. You know, we need to have that partnership with, with Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you would bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That's John chapter 15, verse 5. It's very, very uh, strong uh, truth in here. Remaining attached to Jesus, the tree as we as branches. And in our brokenness as, as a human, we cannot uh, go without Jesus. You know, we cannot do anything uh, apart from God, uh, out, of, out of God. That's going to be a blessing to, to people. We need God and we need his grace that enable us to reflect him. And also, we don't have uh, authority and we don't have power to stand against the enemy if we don't have Jesus with, with us. Jesus is not afraid. Uh, um, uh, Satan is not afraid of us as, as a human. Satan, he can make a sandwich out of us. He's not afraid of us. But Satan is afraid of Jesus in us. And so us together with Jesus, then we become a terror to the enemy. That's why we, we always need to have our bodyguard, Jesus, with, with us, so that we are not breakfast for, for, for the enemy. 
And um, and it's, it's something in in in, in this uh, text actually. Jesus, the text says that Jesus is standing outside, knocking at the door of of the of the church. And the question we ask is, why is Jesus actually outside the church? Isn't Jesus supposed to be inside the church? You know, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and eat with him and he with me. And this, this is the word of Jesus to the church. Usually, uh, uh, some of this passage is used as if Jesus is knocking uh, at our heart or at the heart of a sinner. Jesus wanted to go into the heart of a sinner to... Um, so that the sinner would become a, a believer. So actually, the context of this passage is that Jesus is speaking to the church. And Jesus here is outside of the church. Somehow we can say that the church has kicked Jesus out. We want to be our own thing. We want to do our own thing. Jesus, you stay there at the door. Keep knocking. All right. It's a sort of gospel without the cross. All the, uh, the nice things that are politically correct and not getting us in trouble with anyone, yeah, let's, let's have that. It's a good time. And it's, that's why Jesus, we don't want to have you in here because when, when you're in, um, we don't have fun. You stay out of, of the door. And uh, Jesus... He is the Lord of the church. And he wasn't in his place, being out there knocking at the door. I want to come in. And so what are the areas in my life where it's not under the lordship of Jesus, where I actually kicked Jesus out of it? Jesus, this area, this corner of my life, it belongs to me. Can you please uh, stay away, not come into, into this part? It belongs to me. Jesus is, is, is knocking there. It's, it's either Jesus and Jesus alone or nothing for us. Because, because without Jesus... We are, we are nothing. And Jesus is, is standing there. And I think this also really reflects the heart of God in writing this letter to, to this church. It, it says, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined with, with, with fire. Even though Jesus is standing outside, this is an expression of Jesus wanting to have fellowship with the church. I know you are lukewarm. I know you are not what I want you to be, but I have not given up on you. This is the heart of Jesus. The reason I am still knocking at the door is that I want to have fellowship with you. I don't want to destroy you. You know, you are not what, what I I decided you to be you are not what I, what I wish you are. But still, I want to run after you. Jesus is still stretching his loving hand to the church. 
of, of Laodicea. You know, you, you, you look, you seem like something that uh, someone would, would spit out. You know, it's the, the way it, it, the church was, was described. It's um, the church was, was described not because of the thing that they did, but because of how they are. They are naked. They are proud. They are, and, and Jesus, even though they are in that very state, Jesus is still longing to restore the church. And Jesus is still running uh, after the church. Jesus still, I want to, to restore you. Repent. Repentance is not a shameful or a weakness. Repentance is embracing God's authority. Because the church has lost the authority. And Jesus says, that, I want to restore your authority. I want you not to start well and then end bad. When I am about to go and sit in my throne, I want you to be with me in my throne. When the day comes. That's why Jesus is running after the church. That's why Jesus is, is, is calling on to the church to repent. There is no thing that they've done that prevent God again to reach out to them. Like, I know you're, you're miserable. I know all of, all of this horrible you've done. I know that uh, you're pride. But still, I want to have a communion with you. God cares about uh, our communion with him. And he doesn't want us to meet this opportunity to sit with him. And God doesn't want us to uh, trade a sort of temporal comfort for, for eternity. Just imagine eternity. It's, it's, it's never ending. That's the rest of our life. And so a simple little things, uh, would you want to trade that for the most important thing that is going to happen for the rest of our life? When, when we come to the end of our life, it's not the end. It's the beginning of the life. And so how are you actually preparing for that eternity? And so throughout this uh, seven churches that they receive um, the letter to the letter from Jesus we've seen some of them needed encouragement some of them uh, needed uh, um, reminder wake up some of them uh, needed a rebuke but all of us all of that was done in a spirit of love because God wanted them to be with him when the time come to celebrate that eternity. And so um, I would like to, to finish by uh, submitting to us that eternity is, is serious. Eternity is, is important. And um, 
the things that uh, we can enjoy today, uh, the thing that seems important today, if you, you put that together with, with, with eternity, uh, you cannot compare them. So let's um, put our heart into the most important thing uh, for us so that we don't miss that opportunity to spend eternity with Jesus. Let's pray. Jesus, we want to thank you for uh, your word to uh, the seven churches and to us today. And uh, thank you that even in our brokenness, you have not uh, given up on us. You stretch your loving hand to us that we would continue to uh, have fellowship with us. Lord, I pray that you would give each one of us to the promptitude of repent when it is needed. And that we would set these goals that we would never compromise in going astray with you, but we would daily, weekly, and all the time grow into our love with you. In Jesus' name, amen.